0: All right, the last one for agriculture. Uh, we'll do five ten to five eleven, and oh, I'm sorry, five ten to five twelve. And then what we are going to do? Um, I'm going to go through other parts of the articulation guide to see if I can pull out terms that have been used throughout. Um, so kind of do a mesh of the last two units. All right, so. 510 consequences of agricultural practices explain how agricultural practices have environmental and societal consequences so let's look at the essential knowledge environmental effects of agricultural land use include pollution land cover change what i mean by land cover change is think about and this is tied to urban and development think about land and what we are using land for Um, think about Chapin right now think about all of the land available um, and instead of using it for farming practices we're starting to see development uh, whether it's houses, apartments, uh, strip malls, stores that's land cover change very important to built environment right because it's given us clues about what's important to us culturally Um, it's giving us a footprint on our landscape desertification, soil salination, and conservation efforts. Um, Really, this is about sustainability. Farmers today face many challenges to operate in ways that are sustainable in the long term. Maintaining soil fertility without degrading the soil is possible, but it takes planning. Sustainability, comes with grazing it comes with tilling practices you could look at how to minimize soil erosion we have chemicals when it comes to you know water and irrigation we could talk about conserving water we could talk about renewable energy resources and preserving biodiversity those are all things that farmers scientists researchers can do when it comes to environmentally sustainable per perspective or practices Farmers have to constantly analyze their decisions in order to strike a balance between profitability and long-term sustainability. Remember, I showed you living with the land um, and ways that they are trying to be more sustainable when it comes to agricultural practices. Agricultural practices, including slash and burn, terraces, irrigation, deforestation, Um, Real fast, desertification is the process of becoming more desert-like, and what that means is no water. It's becoming, um, whether you use the ground table or the water resources, uh, it's this process where it's becoming more arid-like. That could be shown on satellite imagery. So if you go back to unit one, what they could do is show you a picture of how some desert areas are expanding. Um, And then you could talk about the sustainability issues, pressures with development, increase in the population, overusing the land, the carrying capacity. Um, They could also do it with chopping down like the rainforest, how they need more land for development and for people. Um, When it comes to deforestation, that's what I mean by chopping down the trees. Um, So you are chopping down the trees, you are clearing out the land uh, to make use for development or people. Um, could be a demand for energy with the lumber or for materials or resources Um, i think there is an frq on the college board site about deforestation that i opened up for you draining wetlands uh, south carolina actually did this um, when governor haley was obviously the governor and Boeing wanted to come to Charleston, uh, there was an issue with the wetlands near the manufacturing plant. And uh, the compromise was that they were gonna drain some of it and then try to preserve it and kind of move it from what I remember in the news that they, they had to do something to the wetlands, uh, but they were gonna try to preserve it and expand it in other areas. Uh, Shifting cultivation, remember that's where shifting cultivation and slash and burn are the same thing. Remember, you chop it down, you burn it, you move. Um, Is that really sustainable in the long term? And we talked about that. Uh, Pastoral nomadism, they all alter the landscape. I want to talk for a second about overgrazing and pastoral nomadism. Um, When you overgraze you can actually damage the grasslands to the extent that that vegetation will not refresh itself even after the animals leave. Um, Overgrazing most often occurs when farmers or herders have too many animals, they control too little land, or climatic conditions worsen, and there is less pasture available than usual. Um, So this is a big uh, danger right now in the the Sahel region of Africa. Um, and it's the belt of land on the southern edge of the Sahara Desert. So obviously, because the Sahara Desert is a desert, lack of, you know, grassland, lack of water, there's an, an enormous amount of pressure on that strip or that belt of land immediately following the desert. And this is where desertification can happen, where because they're overusing the land, they're overgrazing the land, the carrying capacity is stretched. Desertification can continue to spread Um, another problem with pastoral nomadism the amount of land available to the herders and their families have shrunk in recent decades since there is less land available for the migratory herders they have to remain longer in fewer locations and that significantly increases the risk of overgrazing Um, so kind of think about that Um, here's how they've tried to help with this governments have become more protective of their borders Um, Some former pasture land is now being irrigated and used for growing crops. um, And some of it is actually being used for housing. Um, There's mining and petroleum operations because we know how important those are and the value of those resources. Um, Once overgrazing occurs, the grasses will not recover as quickly, if at all. And this leaves the exposed soil much more susceptible to erosion. Um, So I definitely wanted to talk about that. And just a real fast, remember when I, some classes, I think I showed this where Bill Gates said one of the biggest concerns that we face now is cow farts. So think about this too with the feedlots with animal waste. Um, and the kind of the waste that it produces in the gas is like with ammonia, methane and hydrogen sulfide that can pollute the air and liquid waste that can pollute the water supply. So as we have these big feedlots in the Midwest, like in Colorado and Utah, um, think about some of the environmental damage that comes with, with that. And there's that video about Bill Gates saying, you know, cow farts are a really big deal. Um, Societal effects of agricultural practices include changing diets, role of women, and agricultural production and and economic purposes. So let's talk about changing diets. Uh, The College Board loves this one. There's been a lot of FRQs already about going from, you know, red meat to the increased use of like turkey and the poultry industry. That was an FRQ recently uh, where people, turkey people switch to turkey and chicken because it's a leaner meat, it's not red meat, the health effects of it, Uh, being more aware of things like, you know, milk and dairy products, you have almond milk, you have soy milk, Um, think about things that are organically made. And this will go into 5.11 and 5.12 with the idea of um, buy local, eat local food, Um, you know, the pesticides um we could talk about this kind of in a different way about you know changing diets in our country how we're eating out more um we are eating more processed foods um so kind of think of that in in both ways um where we're more aware of what we are eating but then at the same time because of our busy lifestyle we're seeing more packaged food processed food going out to dinner more um and kind of the cultural change that comes with that. It's very rare for families to sit at the table and eat together every night because we're so busy. Remember this class is about women. So remember if you're talking about developed or developing countries, male and females have had distinct roles in producing and preparing food. And I remember I gave that FRQ and this is when I started altering the FRQs for classes, but there was a class about gender roles in food production, and you got to be careful if they're talking about developing country or developed. Remember, in developing countries, women are responsible for preparing the food and harvesting the food because men are usually at the city looking for a job. In developed countries, right, women, for the most part, are in part of every, every bit of agricultural production. They could work as a cashier. They can work as a CEO. They're involved in every part of the production of food. Um, Today, women make up about 40% of the world's agricultural labor force. Um, In regions where subsistence farming remains common, the figure is about 70%. Remember, developing world, men migrate to the urban areas for work. Women stay at home, and they work their farms along with their children. Um, And if they have to, they'll go to the local market um, to sell the food or to trade the food that they have made. Um, While where farming has become more modernized and you have machines, less are involved in the field work, but there's still an important role. Women in agribusinesses. They raise it, they tend to it, they process the products, they're in charge of advertising, management, sales, distribution, and research. Um, They're involved in every step of the process. Kind of going with that, remember food has changed um, and how people prepare their food. As people move from rural areas to urban areas, they grow less of the food they consume and purchase more of it. Um, As women work more, going back to, you know, some of the demographic factors, they have less time to prepare food. Um, So that was one of the biggest things that AMSCO talked about and your book talked about that as women are working, they have less time to make food than previous generations. And I think that this was something that was funny um, in your book, um, like for making a cake. My grandma would make cake from scratch. She would make everything from scratch. Today, you know, even me or my mom, we would make a cake from a box and be like, Oh, we made it. It's a homemade cake. Yeah, it's homemade, but it's not from from scratch. Um, We eat in, like I said before, we eat in restaurants more than ever before. All right. So let's go to 511 Challenges of Contemporary Agriculture explain challenges and debates related to the changing nature of contemporary agriculture and food production practices all right essential knowledge agricultural innovations such as biotechnology gmos genetically modified organisms and aquaculture have been accompanied by debates over sustainability um let's see soil and water usage reductions in biodiversity um, and extensive fertilizer and pesticide use. Sorry, there was a a lot there. Okay, so when we talk about this, um, there's some debate about, again, the key word is sustainability. Um, How good are GMOs for you? Um, Aquaculture, I wanna spend a, a moment on it. Uh, with population growth increasing the demand for food and supplies of fish in the ocean and some lakes being depleted are by overfishing aquaculture is really like if you have a chicken farm or a feedlot you're just doing it with fish and other forms of food that live in water so it's the practice of raising and harvesting fish People in China and Southeast Asia have practiced aquaculture for thousands of years. So here's where now your environment, your physical environment, determines your culture, your norms, what you eat. If you live in an area like in the Scandinavian countries, a large part of your diet is based on fish. If you live in Southeast Asia, Japan, a large part of your diet is based on fish. Um, But it's newer now in the rest of the world. And again, remember, improvements in transportation. Uh, the cool chain refrigeration, we can get products um, from the ocean, from the coast, to pretty much anywhere in in the world. Think about it: if you live in Iowa, where you have no access to the sea, it doesn't mean you don't know what lobster is. You don't know what um, you know fish. You know having a good meal or like sushi is. You can get those products delivered to you. This is often referred to as the blue revolution. And it's the practice is now the fastest growing form of food production on the planet and responsible for approximately 50% of the world's seafood, um, which is aquaculture. Now, this is different than wild catch. Wild catch is you go out, kind of what you see on the AMC television show, I think it's AMC, uh, where they go out into the open, they, they cast to the nets, and they are wild catch. This is where you enclose an area off the shore and you harvest fish. It is like you have a farm in a certain part of the water where they they hold the fish, they breed the fish, they harvest the fish. Um, It is not open or wild catch. Um, And again, all of this can reduce biodiversity, um, extensive fertilizer, and pesticide use. If you are harvesting fish and one of your fish supply gets you know sick um, that could happen with every you know every resource every fish in that harvester in that pen patterns of food production and consumption are influenced by movements related to individual food choice urban farming I showed that video with Dwight from the office Um, that again, people more are aware of what they are eating. So with urban farming, because you don't have an extensive amount of land, people are growing little farms or little like gardens in their backyard, and then they will trade with the neighborhood or they'll have a community swap. um, And they are trying to come up with ways to support, um, I guess, uh, a healthier type of product. Um, Community supported agriculture, Um, that's kind of like with soda city where all the local farmers come in and they support the local farmers walmart kind of does it when you go into their produce section it will say like a south carolina or a local farm that this apple was you know planted harvested uh, by a local farm in south carolina so this is idea of a community support i know near lexington high school there's a local farmer and there's a lot of community support he comes every morning uh, he has his product and people line up to buy the product organic farming we could talk about the debate of organic farming there's no regulation on it right now value added specialty crops um, so that's where you would take let's say jam or like strawberries and you turn it into something else um, where you're adding to it uh, fair trade we talked about local food movements and dietary shifts. So going from you know like high fructose corn syrup, um, and I and I'm not spending a whole lot of time on it because you guys are aware of this what's going on when it comes to your food choices. Uh, challenges of feeding a global population include lack of food access, as in cases of food insecurity and in food deserts. Uh, food deserts was the FRQ last year um where you don't have access to quality food at a decent price so think about urban areas where you don't have a public, you don't have a food lion where you have to rely on con- you know the corner store um, there have been studies that it causes you know medical issues school issues uh, health issues um, but food deserts uh, we're talking about in a more developed country only So we're talking about in Colombia, we have food deserts where there are certain neighborhoods where they don't have access to quality, affordable food, and they rely on fast food and they rely on, um, corner stores to get their milk or to get their eggs. Um, and they don't have a Publix. Uh, usually it's anything greater than a quarter of a mile. And people are like, oh, they can, you know, take public transit or they can take their car. Well, if this is an area that is usually lower income, they may not have the resources or the time to go, you know, half a mile or a mile to the grocery store. They don't have access to a car to load everything up when they're done grocery shopping and go back home. Imagine trying to get eight bags of groceries, heavy groceries, on public transit. And then to mention it, Columbia doesn't really have a good public transit system. Um, distribution of systems, adverse weather. If we have a bad or a cold spring, it could have really significant impacts on you know, strawberries and um, some of the more like pineapples and bananas. And then the prices go up and land use loss to suburbanization. Okay, so now here's a term that's from the next unit that could technically be on there for the AP exam when it comes to things like deforestation, uh, where we're cutting down trees, where we're not using land for agricultural reasons, we're using it for you know, subdivisions and we're using it for strip malls. Um, and I showed you that video of Europe because they're running out of space, how they've taken old abandoned factories and turned it into vertical farming. The location of food processing facilities and markets, economies of scale, distribution systems, and government policies all have economic effects on food production practices. And that's again things we have talked about in previous articulation guide reviews. You know, the markets, where they are, improvements in transportation and communication, economies of scale, making more of it to lower the price, making things all around the world, government policies, whether it's a local, state, federal, or supranational organizations, have all had their hand in food production practices. And then the last one, women in agriculture. Explain geographic variations in female roles in food production and consumption. The role of females in food production, distribution and consumption varies in many places depending on the type of production involved. I would also say it depends on the development of the country. Again, if you are talking about developing countries, the semi and the periphery, more than 70% of the women are still gonna be involved in the primary activities and agricultural practices because the men are going to the city to work. But as the country becomes more developed and education is introduced, you will start to see women work outside the home or work outside the land. Um, Consumption. Women are more aware of what they're feeding children. Um, There's more awareness. You know, I, I joked around about, you know, being a mom and getting some emails about snacks for school and for sports. They have to be organic snacks. Um, Women are working more, less time to prepare food. They're involved in every part of the agribusiness. Remember, this class is more about gender roles and there's been a lot of questions about it. Uh, I have a colleague who is considering, thinking um, that equity um, and female equity is going to be one of the FRQs this year, even after all of the changes to the AP exam that uh how you look at equity in terms of development education Um, i got to go back and read what she wrote on one of the posts but you know how women and the equality of women we could use the hdi uh, we could use agriculture as a factor literacy rates fertility rates um they love talking about women and the gender roles and um kind of the equality issue with that but that's with it with agriculture and we will move on to the rest of the articulation guide next time